Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We're going to head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Mondays and Wednesdays in Oilers Now, we're joined by our NHL insider John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. He grew up in Western Canada. Uh, he spent a lot of years producing the games in the West. He lives uh, now in T.O. during the regular season and back to Penticton for a patch in the summer. We welcome back to the show, John Shannon. John, how are you doing? I'm great, Bob. How are you? Good. Uh, we're having a conversation today uh, about uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, regular season award. Hey, look, Austin Matthews had an awesome year, scored 60 goals. Matthews and Marner on the first all-star team. Dreisaitl didn't seem to get a lot of support. Give me your overall assessment. Should should anybody feel as though maybe McDavid was a little overlooked? Is he being judged differently? Or was it just a byproduct of uh, Matthews having a tremendous campaign? Well, first of all, Austin Matthews did have a great year. Um, and, it's, and it's difficult to avoid uh, having somebody play in the Eastern time zone as many games as Matthews did and more teams in the Eastern time zone and people watch. Uh, than any other part of the uh, the continent. I think that's a factor. Uh, I, I also think, Bob, and I think I've mentioned this before, that, um, well, there's a couple of things. Um, that Connor now is almost on his own category, and it, it's it's comparable to what we saw in the 80s, anybody but Gretzky. You know, when you're in your, your, your neighborhood hockey pool, Yep. You know anybody but Gretzky, right? And I think I think Connor's almost at that level. Uh, I think that the uh, uh, the the level at which Connor plays and Connor is perceived, uh, if somebody comes close to him, then they're going to get noticed. And I think that's exactly what happened when it when it came to the Hart Trophy. Uh, I also think that Leon probably split a few votes. I haven't seen the voting. I should have paid attention more to it last night. But quite frankly, I'm. I'm awarded out right now. The other thing I found fascinating was um, Johnny Goudreau, uh, who I think should have been in the Hart Trophy category, uh, made the first All-Star team but didn't make the Hart Trophy n- uh, nominations. And I just don't, I just, I don't understand that. Well, is it because of position? Like, should they just award three forwards instead of you have to be a left wing or you have to be a right wing just pick the three best forwards because you yeah. could end up with two centers like Matthews and McDavid or even Dreisaitl 
Yes, I, th- I think you should. And because and, you know as well as I do now, Bob, they don't play the game. The only time you play the, the game by position is at the face-off circle. Yeah. And the rest of the time, it's free-flowing. And, and by the way, they're having the same issue in the NBA. They've had this same discussion in the NBA. Pick the five best players for the All-Star team in the NBA. And I, I think you should be picking the three best forwards, period, the two best defensemen. Obviously, you don't determine a left defenseman or right defenseman, do you? Um, and so I, I do think you should probably be determining the three best forwards. I, I also think that there are a few, and, and this will irk a few of my friends in the writer's world and those who vote, I, I think there needs to be a revamping of how the awards are voted on. Uh, I, I think there needs to be a maybe a smaller group of writers that have a higher level of um, knowledge of the game. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's not to knock all the writers and all the all the people that are involved, but there are a lot of people that you know cover their own team uh, in in a don't in travel market. anymore. Don't travel anymore. Don't haven't traveled for a couple of years, and they're only concerned about the 82 games of their own team. And because it's I tell you what, Bob, it is hard. It's hard to cover this whole league. When you think there's over 1,300 regular season games now, it's difficult to even watch two or three a night for a season that was 200 days long. John, so I, I think the league has to uh, somehow, some way, with the help of the Professional Hockey Writers Association, find a new voting pattern, a new, a new group hmm. that would help create uh, a, another level for some of these awards. It's funny. I, you know, I said, well, you know, it's all about perspective, and Matthew's had a great year, and I don't want to denigrate what he accomplished, but I have some empathy for McDavid and the position that it's almost like he's being judged differently. And I had some guy, oh, you work for the Oilers. And I'm like, yeah, well, who owns uh, – Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. Take a look there. And uh, there are, it's not just writers, there's select broadcasters that are a part of it. We vote on the coach of the year. and then yeah. I brought up then I brought up the, this, and I know we, you and me have privately discussed this. I mean, McDavid finished with 123 points, Matthews with 106, while the Oilers' five-on-five shooting percentage with McDavid on the ice was 8.3. The last two years, when the Oilers' players Drysaddle and McDavid won the MVP, they were about 11%. Guess what Matthews was at this year? 11.73%. That's what the Leafs shot the puck at when he was. This was an abnormally statistically low finishing rate in the regular season for the Oilers when McDavid was on the ice, and guess what happened in the playoffs? The inverse happened, where right. McDavid ended up with Drysaddle. They pretty much shot the lights out. Might end up winning the scoring race in the playoffs and not even playing in the final. And conversely, I mean, we're sitting here with Matthews and Marner playing 39 career playoff games. Each got 33 points. Connor did that this year, 33 points in 16 games, and has two more playoff series wins this year than either uh, Matthews and Marner. So I guess it's all about perspective. But I do appreciate, like, you're letting our listeners know point blank, you do believe that there is an advantage to players in the Eastern time zone. 100%. I mean, listen, it's, it's just a fact when you have that many more people living in the Eastern time zone. You, you, you know, the, the Edmonton Oilers were a great story this year uh, on television in the playoffs for, for in both countries, by the way. Uh, and as good as they were, they couldn't draw 70% of what the Maple Leafs drew. Yeah. That's just a fact. There's nothing we can do about it. it, it that, that is, that it, you know, that, that's just a, a, a true delineation of, you know, two-hour time difference. 
less population, we have to deal with it. We don't like it, but we have to deal with it. And and it's it's it becomes something you factor in uh, on a day to day basis. There are, and and w- what really happened this year, Bob, in so many ways, was that uh, America got turned on to the Oilers in the playoffs, got turned on against the uh, in the L.A. series, got turned on in the Battle of Alberta. Uh, and, and that might change something now because of that fact. But only because, you know, games were available, games were at better times, most of them, and uh, and so that there were and, and they got national exposure in the U.S. So maybe things will change. Uh, I have my doubts because I've been around this league for almost 45 years. And it's never changed, other than when when Wayne forced everybody to change it. Uh, but other than that, I, I mean, we everybody in Ebbets should be proud of what McDavid does, what Drysital does, and and go from there and enjoy it and and uh, and and you know sail off into the sunset. All right, John uh, Jay Woodcroft. We had him on the show earlier today. Three-year contract extension, the worst kept secret in hockey over the last week. No surprise. You know, you take a look at the improvement that Edmonton made under Jay. It was quite significant. Um, I don't know if it's totally sustainable, and I and I, I got to find my sheet. There it is. Um, you know, the team had a 7.24 winning percentage or points percentage under Woodcroft, tied for second in the league, plus 40 in goal differential. That was second in the league, fifth in goals, four under Woodcroft at 3.82, fifth in goals against at 2.76, yeah. fourth fourth in five-on-five goal share, which had been a, a challenge for Edmonton over the last two-and-a-half-plus years under Dave Tippett, where we need to state uh, Tippett and Jim Playfair had a lot of success dramatically improving the Oilers' special teams, uh, but the mm-hmm. five-on-five play was a concern, and the Oilers ended up fourth and goal share five on five under Jay Woodcroft. Jay was on, said the team needs to improve their team defense. I concur with that. Give me your assessment first on uh, on Woodcroft being back. And then a second uh, follow-up is, uh, what do you envision happening with the rest of the staff? Uh, well, first of all, you're right about no no surprise, no secret. Uh, I, I think it was the it was the right marriage. Um, I, I, and you know it would have been nice to announce it at the end of the regular season, but you know I mean the, there had to be something proved in the playoffs, and I and I think more than anything that that those first two series proved a great deal about what Jay Woodcroft does for a hockey club. You know he created accountability. Uh, he was very direct. Uh, he was he had a a really calm demeanor. Uh, and I think that at the age of 45, he's a modern-day professional hockey coach. Uh, and I think that there's something to be said for that. Where, when the rest of the league appears to be going in another direction with veteran coaches, uh, I, I think it's a breath of fresh air in Edmonton to see Woodcroft get this chance uh, and, pr- and have proved himself over the, you know, the duration of the regular season and the duration of the three rounds of playoffs. Uh, sustainable? I, I actually think it is sustainable, Bob, because uh, two things. First of all, I, I think that in, what we saw was the top six guys bought in, and that's important. Uh, and secondly, I, I, I foresee that uh, w- with with Jay's input, Kenny Holland getting you know players that are complementary to the way Woodcroft wants to coach. And I think that that will only enhance what's going on in Edmonton. Now, who that is, I can't give you an answer. I think we're still too early. 
Um, but I, I think that we've always talked about McDavid making Edmonton attractive. We talked about Dreisaitl and the, and the arena making Edmonton attractive. I think Jay Woodcroft makes as another example of what makes Edmonton attractive as this team goes forward. Um, as, as far as, as far as coaching staff, I, the only one I mean, I, I think it's just a matter of, you know, checking a few extra boxes to see Dave Manson back. That was a really good combination with Woodcroft and Manson coming from Bakersfield. Uh, and uh, what what happens to, uh, to to Brian and to to Glenn? I'm not sure at this point. Okay, um, I, I'd be remiss without asking a follow up uh, pertaining to Evander Kane. I know we briefly have discussed this, but um, is there any way this could get resolved before the requirement of the arbitrator? Well, I mean, the arbit- the arbitration papers have been served. Yes. Uh, the only way it would get resolved uh, in a hypothetical manner, I believe, Bob, is if San Jose agrees to pay a, a negotiated fee, if not all of his money that he's owed. Yeah. Because <laughs> that, that's what the grievance is. The grievance isn't that he isn't that he's not playing in San Jose. Is the, is the grievance is that he was dismissed with cause and forfeited the rest of his guaranteed money. So if if, if San Jose walked in and said, "Oh, by the way, we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna negotiate a fee w- with Dan Milstein and I, I assume through Bill Daly and the guys at the NHL office," then it could go away. But I don't I don't see that happening. I, I mean, that's not what corporate big companies do. They they wait for arbitrators and let the arbitrators solve it. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting, to say the least. Who do you got tonight? I think Tampa wins again. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, 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 you know, I think what we're seeing, and I don't think we saw it 100%. I, everybody was raving about Andre Vasilevsky. I thought he was better in game two, in game three. I also think that, and I think we saw this, is that uh, Colorado found that, that little chink in the armor, uh, which was uh, high over the blocker side. Uh, so you have to wonder if they're going to go back to that. But uh, to me, uh, this is this is the night that Vasilevsky shines, uh, and this is a drag him out, you know, slow, plodding game compared to the others as Tampa controls the pace and Tampa wins. John, I lied. I have one more question, and it pertains to the Edmonton Oil Kings and the WHL at the Memorial Cup. You know the numbers. Uh, The last victory for the WHL champion at the Memorial Cup was in the semifinal game in 2015 when Leon Dreisettle, Josh Morrissey, and Claude. I forget what. Yeah, I think you worked that event for sports. I think they beat the Ramparts 9 3. Uh, Anyhow, they lost 2 1 to Oshawa in the final. Oshawa is a well coached, big, heavy, tough team that knocked off Connor McDavid. David and Erie that year. Well, you know who you know who scored the two goals is the guy's going to play tonight, yeah, Anthony, Anthony Sorelli. Sorelli. Yeah, he was yeah. terrific for Oshawa, and obviously DJ Smith was part of that group as well. So here's where I'm going to take you. Um, so they didn't win a, you know, the Brandon was the WHL champion in 2016. They didn't win a, a game. Seattle was the Ethan Baird WHL champion in 2017, two beat up. They didn't win a game at the Memorial Cup. Uh, Manny Viveros had Swift Current there in 2018. They didn't win a game. Uh, 2019 was PA. They didn't win a game. So that's 12 straight over those four years, plus the loss in the 15 final and the Edmonton Oil Kings loss yesterday. If the Oil Kings lose tonight, does there need to be a little bit of reflection from the people in the Western Hockey League? 
league, about the size of the league, 22 teams, and maybe not having as much depth as some, like, you know, Ontario's got 20 teams. they got 14.5 million people. There's not 14.5 million people making up uh, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, BC uh, for, yeah. for the Western League. What do you think? Am I out to lunch? Am I quibbling too much here? Or is there maybe something to it? Well, I, listen, when you're traveling three time zones, as they did from Edmonton to St. John, that's one factor I think you have to put on, on yep. the players for the first game. Uh, I, I, think that, I think the second game is, an e- is a, more, you know, a, a better measure of really what happens. You know, you know, these, these, you know they, this is another, another level. And as much as you think they, you know, they beat Seattle in the championship, you know, going to the Memorial Cup is another level. And the, and the way things are handled, it's almost at the NHL level from a, from a, a protocol pr- perspective. So uh, I think the orientation of one game might be a little too much to start worrying about uh, losing streaks. Ask me this question after they... I'll if, text if you tonight. Lose, I'm going to yeah. text you tonight. Yeah, because okay. I, you know what, that's the one you, you know, if they if they lose two in a row, then that's a that's another story. I don't think that you change the format at all. I mean, hey, what happens when the when the tournament ends up being in the West? You know, yeah. you know, you have to perform at home, and so I, I don't, I, I I wouldn't mind seeing a whole new format for Memorial Cup, but if somebody has a new one, you know, t- tell me what it is because this this seems to be the only one that seems to work for everyone. John, great stuff. Thanks for your time. Cheers. I want to tell you that our friends at uh, Brent Ridge Ford have a few units in stock and more on the way. You can check with Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang to see if they have the right vehicle for you. If not, they can order one and get you the exact specifications that you want. But hurry, because their order bank is getting full out at Brent Ridge Ford in Wetasco and where cars cost less. If you want to be treated fairly when you buy a vehicle and get outstanding service, call the team at Brent Ridge Ford, 1-877-477-FORD. That's 1-877-477-3673. Brent Ridge Ford is your Ford truck. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. When we come back, this day in Oilers history, you're listening to Oilers Now. It's 151 in Edmonton. All season long, the Oilers Now lineup report is brought to you on game days by Craig Hummel and Remax Excellence. Find your dream home, sell your old home, sold today, Edmonton.ca. It is 152 in Edmonton as we head to this day in Oilers history for New West Travel. Here's Brendan. 2000 is the year when the Oilers announced Craig McTavish as the new head coach of the franchise following Kevin Lowe's departure uh, from behind the bench to the front office. Lowe took over as the general manager after Glenn Sather retired in May of that year. McTavish coaching the Oil from 2000 through 2009. He won 301 of 656 regular season games, led the team to the 2006 Cup Final. 2000 on this date. How old were you, Brennan? Six or seven? I was four. No, six. Six, six. is right. Yeah. So there you go. Wow. <laughs> I remember that whole thing happening. Uh, Cal Nichols had taken over as chairman of the board of the Edmonton Investors Group, and uh, Glenn Sather uh, was resigned and <laughs> went off to New York uh, for, for more money. 
So what happens. It's a business, right? Coming up tonight on 630 Chet, we'll tell you game four of the Stanley Cup final between Colorado and Tampa live from MLA Arena just after 6 p.m. tomorrow. A couple of our guests will include Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, the former GM of the Lightning, the man who drafted both Steven Stamkos and Victor Hedman, and former Tampa Bay Lightning and better known as an Edmonton Oilers player and an Edmonton Oilers broadcaster, Sportsnet color analyst, Louis DeBrusque for GCL Diesel. We'll rejoin you tomorrow at noon. Coming up, a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson, followed by Rob Brickeners from 2 to 3. Then the 6.30 chat afternoons of Jalen Nye from 3 to 6. Game 4, Stanley Cup final tonight on 6.30 chat, beginning at 6 p.m. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 chat.